0: It is all about how people come through this, because I think as parents, we have a tendency to catastrophize and assume that if any one of these terrible things that we read about in the media or urban myths that we've read about or things that have happened to friends of ours in the darkest history of our younger years, if any of that happens to our child, it's all over. We failed and they're in serious trouble And it really, uh, what I've learned from all my guests is this is just the fabric of life. And whilst it's sad, we can't protect our children from trauma. They are going to experience trauma at some point in their lives. This is just something to help reassure that they do get through that and they do cope. Hi, I'm Michelle.
1: A random meeting in the street with my fabulous friendly neighbour Liz resulted in the creation of this podcast. Finding ourselves at the same stage of life We've got to know each other over cups of tea and maybe something stronger on my sofa. With seven kids and stepkids between us, we've been around the block a bit and are now redefining ourselves in midlife as empty nesters. Join us on the sofa for a chat. There's always room for one more. Helen Wills, author of Actually Mummy blog and host of Teenage Kicks podcast, has a diabetic daughter, Already, she's thinking about how to deal with her daughter's independence when she leaves next year. Hi, Helen. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Two Women Chatting. Three women chatting now. Thank you for having me. Two women and a Helen. (laughs) (laughs) You have this wonderful podcast called Teenage Kicks, and you address some really gritty issues in there, don't you? How did that all come about?
0: What, What made you start with that? Well, I had a typical mummy blog when my kids were little and wrote cute and funny stories about family life um and then uh they when they got older and stopped being cute and funny and and more importantly didn't want to be part of my blog anymore i just i flailed around for quite a while wondering what the heck I was going to write and realized that whilst i if I still wanted to read things about being the parent of a teenager and jail with other mums who were in the same boat as me, there must be other people who felt the same as me. And yet there was nothing online for parents of teens. So I knew I couldn't write it on my blog, um and i'd always been interested in starting a podcast, and I just thought the easiest way to talk about teenage issues without involving my own teenagers or getting into legal agreements with other parents of teenagers was to ask someone who was an adult and was willingly tell me their story of tough times as a teenager
1: mm. well how but how did you go about finding all these people? How did you reach out because you've covered Well, the kind of subjects that you've covered is is a vast range from schizophrenia to sexism to body image. And uh, so how did you find those guests who were willing to open up?
0: Yeah, it was really interesting actually because I really thought I'd struggle to find guests, and I joined a few podcasting groups on Facebook, um, and reached out to my existing networks on Facebook as a blogger. I had plenty, um, and just said, "Does anyone know anyone that might fit this bill and be willing?" And I was inundated with people wanting to tell really tough stories, and I was amazed at the at the and, and actually those people who stepped up have always said um, after the end of a recording that it felt like therapy to them talking about, I think these people just don't have the opportunity to talk about what they went through and how they feel in everyday life and don't want to burden others with it. Maybe. Um, So I think people were looking for somewhere. to. Mm. They welcomed it somewhere to talk about what happened.
1: But you need to ask the right questions too. I mean, how did you, do you come from a background of therapy or are you just very (sighs) empathetic to people? How do you, you know, how do you let them, how do you give them that space and let them
0: speak? Yeah um I'm really interested in people and I yeah I do feel a lot of empathy with people when they're going through difficult things I haven't come from therapy I'm going to therapy as a result of my podcast I've had a lot of counseling myself um and I've always been fascinated by what might be going on with my therapist when they're asking me questions or holding space for me so I guess I've had that practice and then my two podcasting gurus um I channel them I, I hear their voices whenever I'm interviewing and it's Fern Cotton's Happy Place. Oh, yes. Love and her. She's so good. Isn't she? And so she gets excited in her questions, but she's also empathetic. And, and I think that's a really good combination. So I really kind of hone in on what she does. And the other one is Elizabeth Day, How to Fail. She's an impeccable interviewer and an, a, a, a fantastic introducer of people. And so I I just you know, copy them basically.
1: Well, you have embraced life over 50, haven't you? And looking at your blog and some of the things that you've written about coping with night sweats or just rocking a a swimsuit, why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you do that? And one of the things that I really gathered from looking at your website is how much you love color. And even looking at you now, your background is full of nice bright pinks and yellows and stuff. Do you do you find that color is a, a real uplifter for you? Do you deliberately dress yeah. brightly and and think brightly?
0: Yeah, yeah. If I dress brightly and I'm surrounded by bright colors, I automatically think brightly. I'm not very good at that whole you know look on the bright side and focus on the positives. And I did try a gratitude journal, and and then it, it was <laughs> it made me feel really ungrateful that I had to fill this damn thing in every night. It's, that's just not me. Um, but if I'm surrounded by colours that I love um, and I do love, well, I guess I just noticed that bright colours make me feel happier and so I put oh. more of them into my life. Lifts
2: your mood and that's, stuff. That's the same as me. I love bright colours. I mean, like, January, February, not so many bright colours, but come 1st of March, you'll see me in bright yellows and, and pinks and yeah. yeah, not quite lime yeah. green. but It's almost like it, colour therapy, it, isn't it? It it its and it makes yeah. you feel better and then people make comments about it, which, you know, yes. generally are good and I like that. I'm, I'm. How can I explain? I'm not very good at shouting about myself, and I've got a lack of confidence in in many ways. I think you know. Don't it's strange because I used to run a business, you know. And mm. but if if somebody s- says to me, "Oh, you look great in that," you know, I used to go, "Oh, no, no, I don't." Now, for some reason, I've changed, and I go, "Oh, thank you," and it makes me feel fantastic. Yeah. And it's made me really do the opposite. You know, it's made me make sure I make comments to people, especially yes. women. That you go, I love
0: that. You look great. It makes your day. Mm, it really it? does, and I, I feel good doing that. Back, I, I've got this yellow coat that never fails. In fact, if I need an ego boost, I just put the coat on and go out because I know that somebody, a complete stranger, at some point during the day, will stop me and say how much they love my coat. Um, and I always say this to people who who tell me they. They wish they had the confidence to wear the colour that I do. I said, just do it because it gives you the confidence because you will definitely get someone say, you look amazing, I love your dress or whatever it is. Um, and so because of that, I've started, although I do feel a bit weird, how do you? Because I, I feel a bit weird going up to strangers and going, really love your dress, it's such an ace colour, just in case they're that one person who's a bit like, who are you, get out of my face.
1: But that's such a British thing as well, isn't it? I lived in the States for many years and I had to, to make friends by learning how to be a bit less British. Mm. So I would sidle up to people, you know, in the in the shopping line and see what they were buying. And I pushed myself out of my comfort zone and said, Oh, that looks really good. Have you tried that one before? Or you know, and they, you know, being American, they happily turn around oh. and talk to me for ages about what they were going to do with a mandarin. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know. Uh, but that but I think, you know, building each other up as women. Liz is absolutely right. When you get that um, positive reinforcement or somebody remarks on your yellow coat, how good does that make you feel and how little time does it take? Yeah. Just say that if you mean it to somebody. There's that wonderful book, and I bet you've read it. Um, Dale Carnegie wrote it. Um,
0: what's oh, the name I... of the book? Yeah. Yeah, about... I don't know. yeah, I know Dale
1: Carnegie, yeah. Brain fog, the title is escaping me. But one of the things <laughs> he said... <laughs> rain fog it's, escaped, it's escaping me i really feel like if you can just say one nice thing a day it yeah. takes zero effort and it makes both people feel good that's that's all definitely I it costs
0: nothing and it yes it does it gives you a buzz as the complimenter as well doesn't it to make somebody feel happy yeah I don't know how we got onto
2: that, but that was Um, yeah
0: yeah,
1: colors because it's true yeah, and that's how about you know our our podcast it's all about tangents we seem to be going off in every direction, but going back to to the subjects that you've covered, is there is there one particular episode that you can think about that took you a while to maybe digest, get over, think through, looking back because you've had about fifty or so episodes now, haven't you? You, Mm. You've got quite the track record. What's your standout episode, would you say?
0: Um, well, my standout favorite episode didn't take me time to digest at all. I just loved it from the get-go, and I still do. It's still my favorite, and it's number two. Um, astonishingly, uh, or, or the sec- probably episode three, it's the second interview episode that I did after my trailer, and it's with a woman called Rosie who talked about self harming when she was 14 to about 25, I think. And the way she talks about it is just so open and honest. And I I did have a, a few tears whilst I was interviewing her. I was in her lovely little flat in London. This was in the days when I used to do podcasts in person. She was disarmingly Uh, She told it so truthfully that it was painful, but equally, I felt so uplifted listening to her story and how she coped with it and what it meant for her and how she felt about it now as, I don't know how old she is, 30-something adult. Um, And she had gone on to be, she talked a lot about her ambition and she'd gone on to be the deputy editor of Cosmopolitan. In the years when it really suited her to be the deputy editor of "Cosmopolitan," um, so she was so not held back by any of the mental health issues that had caused what she went through, it just is such a lovely episode. And I, I think for anybody whose child might be self-harming, and I do unfortunately that is a lot of teenagers at the moment. I'm not sure of the statistics, but it's way bigger than I imagined um, is such a reassurance. That this doesn't mean your child is is your your child's life is going to be dreadful forever. It's not. They can survive it, and there's light Absolutely. at the end of the
1: tunnel. Yeah. So, um, you've got young kids. You've got teenagers, obviously. Do you encourage them to listen to your podcast, or will they, as teenagers, yeah. <laughs> bear to listen to your podcast? And you, you know, are you able to have frank discussions with them because of it? Does it bring a, a new dimension to your dinner table?
0: Yeah. Yes and no. Um, I mean, I'm really happy for them to listen to my podcast and read anything that I write. And I'm very mindful of them in every piece of content that I produce because I never want to uh, make them feel embarrassed or put them under any pressure. Um, but I, you know, they wouldn't and they don't. They, The most they'll do is um, see my Instagram every day. And so I have to be very careful there. But it makes me less fearful of raising these issues with them. Um, So I think think as a parent, I used to feel like, oh, I mustn't mention self-harm around my kids because that might put the idea in their heads. And I've learned over the years that nothing could be further from the truth. But it
1: doesn't manifest just because you talk about it.
0: No, I've done suicide first aid training and they're very quick to say right at the beginning, you have to talk about it. You have to say the word because that's what gets people, if it is in their heads, to to open up and talk and that's what's needed. Um, so I do do that. They really don't want me to and they're not really interested in joining in, but I kind of like to think that subliminally my messages of encouragement and support seep in and they know that if there was something they were struggling with, they could talk to me about it.
1: And do you think the general feeling... And how can I put it? it? It's such a wide variety of things that do affect our teenagers, their mental health, their body image, the social media, the, the the stress and pressures that they've got. But do you feel positive then at the end of each interview that, as you said, they survive and they can go on and thrive? So your podcast message in the end is is uplifting, isn't it? It's very... Positive and and move forward, and there's always help out there. Do you offer resources or do you shy away from that? You just let people tell their journey.
0: Um, I signpost um, and I'll ask my guests if they've had help from any particular organizations or books or um, anything they found useful. I signpost and put that in my show notes. So there are links in all my show notes to useful websites or resources that parents and or their, their teenagers could read or use to support them. I don't offer advice um, and my guests don't want advice. My guests are there to just tell their story and, and that's the whole i mean that's exactly right what you said that i want it to end on a positive and that's my brief to my guests that i do want to talk about their story as much of it as they want to tell me but i do want to know what they've taken from it that might give reassurance to parents whose children are dealing with the same i think that's it you're raising awareness
2: um because as a parent you often don't notice and i think if you just raise raise these type of issues it perhaps you know it's something you just don't think about till, till it's mentioned so it's great to have a podcast mm-hmm. like that
1: Mm,
0: just to to
2: discuss things
0: yeah and it's 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 all well going back to the self-harm episode it is all about how people come through this because I think as parents we have a tendency to catastrophize and assume that if any one of these terrible things that we read about in the media or urban myths that we've read about or things that have happened to friends of ours in the darkest history of our younger years if any of that happens to our child it's all over we failed and they're in serious trouble and it really, I've, what I've learned from all my guests is this is just the fabric of life. And whilst it's sad, we can't protect our children from, any, from, from trauma. They are going to experience trauma at some point in their lives. It's, this is just something to help reassure that they do get through that and they do cope.
2: I think it's a good way also, of, uh, as a parent, learning about this stuff or understanding about it without... I'm the type of person who doesn't want to go and talk to people, I'll be honest, about something that's very close to me. Um, Not that my my kids are, you know, but I'm just saying for those type of parents like myself to listen to a podcast like yours makes you realise you're not the only one out there with the same issues.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're not alone, are you? No. Yeah, I think it's really easy to feel very alone. And actually, it's really hard to talk to even close friends about what's going on for you because it's really personal and they will have an opinion on it and a view Ooh. and they'll have advice and they'll have expectations of what you ought to what we should do to, mm. to to solve that problem whereas listening and this is what you miss once you move on from toddlerhood and there are, there are thousands of Facebook groups where you can talk about toilet training woes or sleepless nights, but not my child is self-harming or my child has an eating disorder. It feels like there might be judgment. That's why I don't talk to my friends about it because I don't want them to judge me as having, well, what did you do wrong that your child has ended up in that situation?
1: Yeah, Please. my child doesn't have those kind of problems. My yeah. child is basically perfect. Yeah. Talking to a stranger yeah. is often so much easier mm, than yeah. talking to someone that you know. And of course, a lot of these subjects that, well, probably almost all of them that you cover, they still apply and should be talked about by parents where their kids have left home. Like we, as Empty Nesters, um, we address a lot on our podcast that. You know the worry doesn't stop; just gets mm. different. But a lot of the issues can be the same, can't they? The, you know, as you said, the self harm or the the dealing with, um, you know, life away from home. And um, well, then you got gosh, I mean, endless, really, isn't it? There's there's other issues, you know, that you
2: you're just not aware of them. But but uh, mm-hmm. the same, we're just trying to chat about stuff to. Make life a bit better.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's a, this is why our parents, well, our mums who, who didn't work, my mum was a housewife, and her therapy came from – just sitting around knitting. Well, officially it was a knitting club, but they they drank a lot of tea and ate a lot of cake and gossiped a lot. Not much knitting got done. But that I feel like in a hundred years ago, women all just got together and shared all of their woes. And now we do that online because we're all so busy with jobs and work and family, and we're a bit more remote. There's no, there isn't community in the same way. Mm. So these resources are are really important for people.
1: Yeah, you have mm-hmm. to find your own forum, don't you, where you can just explore and, and feel like you're not the only one in the world who has these problems. There's always others who are going through it and, and can advise or just say, don't worry, you're going to get through it. It's
0: yeah. going to be all right. And so is yeah. your kid. Most importantly, so is your kid, hopefully. Yes, the horror stories that you see in the news, are, are they're very few and far between, but it's very easy When someone sadly takes their life because of bullying on social media to decide that all social media is bad and if I let my child have Instagram, that's what's going to happen to him or her. So what's your next chapter then as your teenager's
1: get older are you going to continue with um sort of this platform or are you looking to to follow them as they go through their lives and just adapt your your blog and your podcast to kids in their 20s starting their careers where do you see it
0: evolving yeah I don't know actually from that point of view I'd assumed that I won't because I don't really write about them anymore anyway as they don't want that um I'd sort of assumed that I would stick with where I am now because I do love, I love teenagers. I, so I'm so passionate about it. And people people on Instagram will message me and say, oh my God, how do you manage to be so laid back about having teenagers? I'm really scared. I'm like, right, come and talk to me because the last thing you need to be is scared of having a teenager. Um, it really upsets me that people fear those years so much because they're they're so fantastic. So I feel like I'll stick with it, but in fact – and I, I will continue with the podcast because that's become something else that is more of a, a, a life issues um, uh, topic now. But what the podcast has done for me is, re- is made me realize that I, as you said, I really love talking to people about their stories um, and I love feeling like I've made a difference to them. So now I'm training to be a counsellor thank you
1: so much for sharing your story with us. And I think your, your podcast is wonderful. Even though my kids are older, I'm going back over your, your archive and I'm dipping in and out of things that are still relevant and still so interesting to hear those survivor stories. So thank you for everything that you've done and for, for chatting with us today. Yep, thanks.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk about um, all these things connected with our aging children our older children so where's the best way for people to find you uh so if you're interested in the podcast it's called teenage kicks podcast you actually have to put the podcast bit in otherwise um you get inundated with that you get the uh, undertones 70s hit yeah <laughs> i caught that <laughs> which is also great but it's I, you fantastic. know listen to the podcast um and uh elsewhere the best place to find me is on um, instagram i'm i am helen wills on instagram okay and your blog
1: site actually mummy
0: yes that was the mummy blog title it's but it's it's got so much on it that i can't i just can't bear to change the url actually mummy mean really doesn't fit with what we are anymore but um yeah actually mummy.co.uk fantastic thank you so much thank you thanks for
1: having me thanks for listening to two women chatting with our special guests If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages.